Right, everybody out there, it is now week six of the NFL. We are Wagers Ragers, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and as always, joining me is my compadre, John the Hedgehog Donneth. Now, for all of you new listeners out there, the concept of this podcast is we give you advice our advice as to where we think the games in the NFL are going to go as far as from a betting perspective. So we each pick two games. Usually um, we pick our own teams. I'm a Jet fan and John's an Eagles fan. And we analyze that game and then we pick a second game. The second part of our podcast is we pick a track of the week. Both of us are, are big dance music, EDM fans and and we, we like to give you guys what we're listening to this week and, and bring it to you. And hopefully, you know, you listen to it and, and you join us in our appreciation for that track. So, John, how are you feeling out there today? I'm doing great, man. I'm, he- I'm hedgehogging out. Hedgehog party. Oddly enough, again, in the Northeast, we're having more of this heat wave. It's like 80 degrees out right now. I'm getting ready for Halloween. I'm preparing for football picks. And at the same time, I'm outside getting a tan. So it's... It's messing me up in my head, but you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I, I'm definitely ready for this summer weather to be over. I love the fall, that crisp air, you know, the leaves changing colors, pumpkins on the porch, Halloween upcoming, and of course, NFL football every Sunday, you know, through January and into February. Uh, hopefully our teams, the two teams that we root for have good seasons. It's not looking like it's going to happen this year, but... Uh, nevertheless, NFL football, you just can't beat it. So, look, last week... We're sending you back to the future! I'm just going to mail this one out to C because it was a bad week for me. I thought the Jets were going to bounce back uh, or actually keep their momentum going, I'm sorry, after their you know great performance against the Titans, and we're actually going to win the game last week against the Falcons over in London. Didn't happen. Jets got down big. They ended up uh, cutting it down to a three-point game, and then they proceeded to let Atlanta drive right down the field, and the Jets ended up losing and not covering the three-point spread. So I lost on that game. I also had the uh, the Patriots against the Texans laying seven and a half points. I thought this was easy peasy, given how the Patriots had played against the Buccaneers and almost beat them the week before. Again, Patriots let me down. They won the game, but again, didn't cover the line. Uh, real quick props. Uh, some hit, some didn't. I thought Zach Wilson was going to have a decent game. Did not. Did not cover the over uh, 248 and a half passing yards. I did have Cordell Patterson receiving yards. Hit that. Of course, hit my kicker props with Matt Anandola um, in the Patriots game. Didn't do so well with my props in that game. But as the week went on, I, uh, I jumped on the, the Eagles game. I took Jake Elliott, the kicker, which is my seems to be my my MO lately, and he had on both kicking points and field goals made. But my big hit was I pulled a hedgehog move, and I did it during the Ravens game. Hedgehog Ra- Ra- Ravens down big. Lamar Jackson just brings them back. I hedged the Ravens, giving two and a half points at one point in time, even though I took them to win the game. I think the line was seven. 
I hedged it minus two and a half. I hedged again when they were down big, getting 18 and a half points. Hedge on party. And hit on both of those. Hit on Lamar Jackson, passing and, and rushing yards total. Uh, it was a good night for me. Brought me back. And I actually finished up for the week up uh, four dimes. So, John, how, how about yourself? Been a strange uh, after a huge uh, week one. I've uh, been a lot of just about breaking even, a little bit up, a little bit down. And I tell you, <laughs> what's continuing is that your kicker props are keeping me afloat. Uh, real quick, last week the Eagles traveled to Carolina to play the Panthers. You know, the Panthers have had 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 a, a really great year up to that point. I think they had just lost to Dallas the week before. Eagles were getting, I believe, three and a half uh, on the road. I actually said to take the Eagles uh, and the points, and that was right. The Eagles won the game outright, 21 to 18, um, in a game that was quite ugly. Uh, not that not that uh, crisply played or anything like that, but the Eagles pulled out the win. Jalen Hurts didn't have a great day, but had two rushing touchdowns. On the prop side of things, uh, I liked Jalen Hurts, the over on 44 and a half rushing yards. He got the two rushing touchdowns, didn't break 44 yards rushing, so that didn't hit. Dallas Goddard, I liked over 35 and a half receiving yards. He was averaging 47 yards a game at that point. That didn't hit either. Just under at 20, uh, not just under, but under at 28 yards receiving is as far as he got there. So I was right on the game, wrong on those props. My second game was Bills at Chiefs. I really expected the Chiefs to come out after uh, losing a couple of games in a row uh, and, and, and bust it out at home in, in a really great game against the Bills. It was an entertaining game to watch, but the Bills came away with the victory, and convincingly so. I believe the score was 38-20. to 20. Josh Allen looks like a man on a mission this year. After opening the season a little shaky against Pittsburgh, he and the entire Buffalo team, except Stephon Steph, Diggs, uh, is killing it right now. So the Bills came away with the win. Uh, props that I liked on the game, I really liked Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. You know, Moss's rushing prop was 37 and a half yards. Singletary's rushing prop was 27 and a half yards, both below their averages. The Chiefs defense has been horrendous. And they just, you know, the Bills just didn't go to the running backs that much. Uh, they were both under. I did hit Mahomes over on the rushing yards. So ding, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner. And also a couple of kicking props that hit Harrison Butker. And my favorite of the week last week was uh, your boy, Matt Amendola. I loved it so much. Put a Royale with cheese on it. Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Hits it near the end of the game, gets that second field goal to go over on points, which I took him on points with the Royale with cheese. Another 25 bucks just on the, on the field goals. Bang, bang, bang. Double, Double bang. bang. Matt Amendola paid for my Comic-Con tickets. So I was pumped about that. Uh, so hit Amendola kicking, Harrison Butker kicking. Followed you on a couple of those college props. Won some money on Michigan and Georgia from the day before. So, man, those kicking props and following you on the college stuff has been keeping me afloat. Last thing I'll say in terms of review, Eagles played the Buccaneers on Thursday night this week. So didn't get a chance to preview the Eagles Bucks game. I wouldn't have been right actually. Cause I would have said to take the Buccaneers and give the points playing in Philly. The points were either six and a half or seven, depending on where you looked Eagles covered the spread just barely scored a touchdown with a few minutes to go uh, last night to pull uh, within a score, got the two point conversion to cut the score to 28 to 22 Buccaneers Buccaneers. Then, you know, methodically, drove down the field. Brady wasted all the clock. And I believe they were inside the 10 when Brady just sat on the ball 
a couple of downs in a row to kill the rest of the clock and win the game for the Bucks. People must have been losing their minds when the Eagles went for two right there and got it. And then the Bucks drove down the field, but didn't score. If the Buccaneers needed to score one, one more time, they would have, but they didn't win by six points. Eagles cover. So Eagles loss. Um, we'll see what goes on there. Uh, my heart is a little bit sad today because Zach Ertz got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Love Zach Ertz, scored the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl a few years ago. His jersey is going up in the ring of honor um, at the link when, you know, whenever he retires. Um, and that's what I got as far as review up to this week. Zach Ertz forever. Yeah, uh, good stuff. I actually jumped on the Eagles-Bucks game last night, too, and I won some, some pretty decent coin. I, I thought the Buccaneers were going to cover the spread, so I took that. But I also took the uh, – halftime line which was minus four bucks covered that as well as Fournette yards as well as miles sanders yards over on both of those hit both of those and to top off my night i took the la dodgers to win that game last night and they did in the uh with a bad 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 strike call bad Bad strike call but they won two to one won a little bit of money on the dodgers last night one correction on the Ravens hedge, it was not 18 and a half. I think that's what I said. It was eight and a half plus eight and a half still hit it covered on that. On, on last night's game, my only bets were I took like a shot in the dark eight leg parlay that didn't hit. Um, but that's just for fun. And then the only other bet I took, I took Cameron Brait over on receptions, two and a half over yards, 21 and a half. I figured with Gronk out, it could be a great game. Um, of course, OJ Howard gets the early receiving touchdown as far as tight ends go for Tampa Bay. But Breit got me the over on both of those on the last non-meal down play of the game, uh, catching like a 10-yard pass, went over on catches and yards. So won a little bit of money there. So not bad. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and yes, the college football savant is back after a bad week the week before. Hit on three out of four of the games that I gave you guys last week. All right. Let's move into week six. Let's get this going. All right. My first game, because the Jets are on a bye week this week, is Panthers at Vikings. How did the teams do last week? Well, the Panthers blew a 12-point lead to the Philadelphia Eagles, John's Eagles, and lost 21-18. And the Vikings barely, barely, and when I mean barely, barely beat the Lions on a 54-yard field goal with no time on the clock to win 19-17. Both of these teams have a real common theme. They cannot score in the second half. I don't know what's wrong with these teams, but for whatever reason, they cannot score. The Panthers have scored an NFL low seven points in the third quarter of all of their games this year. And the Vikings have gone eight uh, eight quarters. I'm sorry, they've, they've gone eight quarters and 24 offensive possessions after halftime without a touchdown, which is just amazing. Uh, so this is going to be the battle of the teams of who figures it out in the second half is who's going to win this game. Panthers are are at the Vikings. They're getting two and a half points. So they're actually a slight favorite because they're away, but they're still an underdog because they're getting points. Uh, Darnold last week, he looked like the Sam Darnold from the Jets. Uh, he just looked awful. Um but he does get back his starting left tackle, Cam Irving, this week. So I think that's going to really help out in pass protection. And I expect Darnold to have a bounce-back game this week. McCaffrey is probably not going to play. He didn't practice uh, Thursday, but he's still listed on some of the prop bets. 
on, on DraftKings at least. But I think it's going to be a game-time decision for McCaffrey. And if he doesn't go, it's of course, it's going to be the, the rookie Chubba Hubbard that's going to be in there uh, at tailback for the Panthers. On the other side of the ball for the Vikings, Everson Griffin is back with the Vikings after uh, taking a one-year hiatus to play for another team. And so far this year, he's doing really well. He had two sacks last week. He's got four on the season. Um, and hopefully with the return of left tackle Cam Irving, the Panthers can protect uh, Sam Darnold against Everson Griffin. Uh, the key matchup that I see in this game is third down. Okay, on third down, the Panthers have the third best third down defense. They only allow conversions 25.4% of the time. While on the other hand, the Vikings are ranked 18th in third down offense, converting only 38.1% of the time. So with a line of plus two and a half and the Vikings barely beating the Lions, I'm going with the Panthers. I'm going to take the points. And I think the Panthers are going to uh, cover that. And I might even go money line on this game and say Panthers are going to win outright bounce back game for not only the entire team for the Panthers, but I think Sam Darnold's going to have a good game passing to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. So I love the Panthers in this game, getting two and a half points. The over under is 45 and a half. I'm going to stay away from that. Let's talk kickers. Kickers, kickers, kickers. Zane Gonzalez for the Panthers. He is hit uh, field goals last week of 43, 48, and 50 yards, respectively. He's six of eight this year on field goals. And Greg Joseph, who hit that game winner for the Vikings against the Lions, seven of eight on field goals this year. So once again, I love the kickers in this. I tried to find kicker props. They're not up yet on DraftKings at least for the Panthers-Vikings game, but you know I'm going to go in that direction as soon as they come up. The props I do like. I'm not terribly optimistic that uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to play in this game, but I do like Hubbard to score a touchdown, even if McCaffrey plays. It's plus 120 on DraftKings. And as I alluded to before, I think Darnold's going to have a bounce-back game. So I like Darnold over 261.5 passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Darnold over one and a half touchdown passes, minus 115 on DraftKings. Darnold over, he's going to get back to his running form, over 10 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And he's going to connect with his old buddy from the New York Jets, Robbie Anderson, over three and a half receptions. Not much juice, minus 105 on DraftKings. Those are my props. That's my pick. Panthers and uh, keep the two and a half points away at Vikings. John, thoughts on this game? I think I, I agree with everything that you went with. The one prop I had picked out, you, you nabbed as well. That's the Sam Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold, excuse me, rushing yards, 10 and a half. Also saw it at 11 and a half. I think I would take it either way. He's been over that number last three weeks in a row. So I like him to hit that as well. So I agree. Yeah. And one, one last, one last uh, note on this too. Um, from the Minnesota side of the ball, feeling is nursing a foot injury and Jefferson, the other wide receiver is nursing an ankle injury. They did um, both practice on limited basis on Thursday. Um, and they'll probably get out there and play, but how effective they're going to be, I'm not really sure. Uh, which is again, another factor that I'm taking into consideration when I, when I'm taking the Panthers in this game. So go ahead, John, who do you got first game? Yeah. All right. So 
feeling some kind of freedom here this week um, with the Eagles having already played. I picked two fresh games. Normally it's the Eagles game and one additional game. So I'm starting off with the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Baltimore cross country to play those Baltimore Ravens. Uh, both teams had fun wins last week. The Ravens slept walk through three quarters of a game at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, only to engage in a furious comeback uh, in the fourth quarter. I think they were down like 25 to nine with like, you know, eight minutes to go or something like that. But the, the Ravens end up, end up coming all the way back and winning the game over Indy. Meanwhile, the Chargers won a crazy shootout with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think it was 47, 42. The Chargers racked up like 500 yards worth of offense, scored 47 points. So, Big wins for, for both teams. The Ravens and the Chargers are both having great years right now. The Ravens, the line, I think, opened at three and or three, three or three and a half. As of today, Friday on the 14th, the Ravens are giving two and a half on both DraftKings and FanDuel, minus 110 and minus 114, respectively. Justin Herbert in, in his second year is, is really taking that next step after a, after a fantastic rookie year. He's been killing it. Uh, again, this year has really developed uh, a, a full-on connection with Mike Williams, who has become his number one target in that Chargers offense. Brandon Staley, the, the new head coach, has just done a, just a fantastic job with that Chargers team, and I just think they're going to keep getting better. On the other side of the ball, John Harbaugh, you know, has been with Baltimore forever now. Lamar Jackson is doing it with his legs and his arm, throwing for over, over 400 yards last week. Uh, and he's got to because the, the Ravens have no running backs at this point. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, right before the year began, they lost. Uh, Gus Edwards, they tried to replace them with Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Devontae Freeman. You know, I'm pretty sure they just signed Emmett Smith. Um, nothing is working. You know, Lamar Jackson is pretty much their only rushing game at this point. I think the last two weeks combined, the vaunted rushing offense of the Ravens produced only 186 yards. Total. Meanwhile, like I said, the Chargers have, you know, the seventh best, pa best passing offense in the league. On the other side, the Chargers defense has been absolutely terrible, yielding, you know, 157.6 rushing yards a game. Um, like I said, the Chargers uh, passing passing offense, seventh overall, 411.4 passing yards per game. Um there are some injury concerns to take into account here on the offensive line for both teams. For the Chargers, their guard Ode Abushi is out for this week's game, and Brian Bulaga, late of the Green Bay Packers, is questionable to play their tackle. On the Ravens' side of the ball, uh, guard Ben Cleveland is out. Tackle Ronnie Stanley is questionable. So there's some question marks on both sides of the ball there. Um, you know, I kind of went back and forth on this game a little bit because – the, the Chargers are an up and coming team with, you know, Justin Herbert, who's developing into a top five quarterback right before our eyes. Fantastic offense, not much defense. The Ravens having another great year with last second wins against the Chiefs, the Lions, and last week against the Colts. So in a way they're killing it, but not in the way they normally do. Their defense after losing Matt Judon and others uh, really is having a tough time stopping anybody giving up points again to the likes of the Cardinals and the, excuse me, the Colts and the Lions, and they're not able to run the ball that much. So, you know, I kind of went back and forth, but, you know, on the one hand, I said, well, the Ravens were able to beat the chiefs, but on the other hand, they almost lost to the Lions. 
the Chargers have to travel cross country, but they've just won three in a row. But that was three in a row at home. So what I did is I started looking at some trends here. And the more I looked at, the more it seems like it piled up in the Chargers' favor. The Chargers are 35, 15, and four against the spread in their last 54 games as road dogs. The Chargers are eight and one against the spread in their last nine overall. They're five and one against the spread in their last six after a win. With respect to this, you know, AFC matchup specifically, Chargers and Ravens, the underdog is 4-0 against the spread in the last four. Road teams are 5-0 against the spread in the last five. And the Ravens are 0-5 against the spread in their last five at home against a winner. And with a matchup that feels like it's so close and that oddly seems like it could end up being a shootout between the Ravens and the Chargers here, I'm going to lean Chargers. Give me the points here. Give me the two and a half. Look around. Keep checking FanDuel, DraftKings, um, BetMGM, WinBet to see if you can get that extra half, get that extra hook uh, if someone pumps it back up to three points because I'd much rather get the three points for the Chargers. But I think this matchup is so close. I'm taking the team that's getting the points. I think the Chargers are in a, you know, a, a team that with the trajectory going up, 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 up in a way, while you know, the, the Ravens, I think, I'm still trying to figure out what this team is. You know, they, they could beat the Chiefs, but they almost lose to the Lions. They can't run the ball. You know, Lamar Jackson is impressive on a number of levels, but I've already seen them not play great at home. So it could happen you know, two weeks in a row here. So give me the Chargers. Give me the points. As far as props go. See a prop, take a prop. Like I said, the Chargers rushing defense has been absolutely horrible this year. On FanDuel, you can get his rushing prop at 65 and a half yards. That's on FanDuel at minus 114. He's averaging 68.2 yards rushing. You know, he hasn't topped this number since week two. But I think against this Chargers defense, which has been very forgiving against rushing offenses, I like Lamar Jackson, give me the over on 65 and a half rushing yards this week. I like another rushing prop. Latavius Murray, 42 and a half rushing yards. You know, I took a look at this at first and I noticed that he has only topped this number once um, and is averaging 33.6 yards a game. I don't like taking props where it's over that player's particular average, but he's also averaging 10 carries a game. He has emerged, Latavius Murray has, as the Ravens' number one ball carrier after Lamar Jackson. Combine that with the fact that the Chargers' rushing defense has been so bad, I could I anticipate the Ravens' game plan being something like trying to run the ball a little bit more this week, getting that running game on track against the bad rushing defense to keep Justin Herbert and that high-flying Chargers offense off the field. So I'll take the over on rushing for both Lamar and Latavius Murray. On the other side of the ball, I like Austin Eckler. He's averaging almost 70 yards rushing a game and his rushing prop on FanDuel is 56 and a half yards minus 114. Give me Austin Eckler on that number all day because the Ravens, this feels weird to say, but the Ravens have been fairly forgiving against the run as well. The last one that I looked at, and I think I'm just not going to take is Justin Herbert. I liked his number at 14 and a half rushing yards and he's hit that multiple times, but I took a look a little bit deeper, and one of the things that the Ravens seem to have been really good at is stopping rushing quarterbacks. The Ravens have kept their last three quarterbacks they played 
including guys like Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz, who average rushing yards in the double digits, they've kept them in the single digits. So with that in mind, I thought about taking the under, but I'm just not, uh, I'm just not comfortable doing it. So I thought that was interesting. Justin Herbert at 14 and a half rushing yards is something that I would typically take until I took the deeper dive and saw that the Ravens, for whatever reason, seem to have had a track record this year of keeping rushing quarterbacks in check. In the end, I'm expecting something of a shootout. I'm expecting a close game. So give me the up and coming Chargers, the well-coached Chargers by Brandon Staley and their superstar in the making quarterback, Justin Herbert. Give me the points at two and a half. Uh, see if you can get it juiced up to three if it pops out on one of the other on one of the other sites. And for props, give me Lamar Jackson and Latavius, both overs on the rushing against that horrible rush it, Chargers rushing defense. And then I'll take Austin Eckler over on rushing as well. So that's what I got for my game one. Yeah, real quick. I mean, I like the analysis. I, I don't know which way to go in this game, to be honest with you. I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore obviously did not look like a great team in the first half against the Colts. The Chargers, I mean, that game last week that they had was just absolutely insane. Um, but Lamar Jackson went ballistic in the second half uh, against the Colts. So I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this game. I, I think it could go either way, to be honest with you. I'd probably lean um, Ravens only because they're home and the line's only laying two and a half points. So I could see them winning by three. I could see this coming down to a field goal game, which I'm, I'm going to look at the, the kicker props come, come Sunday uh, and uh decide where I want to go with that. But uh, the one thing I'm looking at, because I think this is going to be a shootout, I think both teams are going to score a lot of points, is maybe taking the over, over 51 in this game. So that's definitely a consideration for me. Mark Andrews had a phenomenal game, seemed to be Lamar Jackson's number one target last week. So I like Andrews over 60 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Lamar Jackson over, it's only 225 and a half passing yards on DraftKings. He had over 400 passing yards against the Colts. Uh, 225 and a half does not seem like a big number for him to hit. He's been throwing the ball a lot. I know he, run, he runs the ball. Um, but the one prop that I am going to go along with you is Austin Eckler. And I, his rushing props, 51 and a half on DraftKings, minus 115. So I'm going to probably take that on, uh, on Sunday. So any last thoughts on this game, John? I will concur that, you know, and I said before that I think this is a pretty even matchup. I kept bouncing back and forth on, on who I liked more. And I'm, I'm kind of playing a, a hunch, following the trends a little bit, and taking the chargers and taking the points. But I, I picked it because I'm really excited to watch this game. All right, so let's move on to game two. All right, I am picking the Gruden game. I am taking the Raiders at the Broncos. So it's the Gruden game. It is John Gruden resigning in disgrace uh, after the email controversy with his racist, misogynistic, and homophobic emails that apparently came out and were leaked out. And uh, it was obviously it was obvious that he just could not stay there. So really the question is, how does this Raiders team respond? Do they go into the tank because their leader has left and resigned in disgrace? Or do they rebound and rally around their special teams coach, um, Rich Basaccia, who has now taken over the helm of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, 
And that, I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, obviously the game is played on the field and these two teams in my estimation, especially two AFC West teams, look, they battle and these are always rivalries. And I think it's going to be a, a good game. And I, and in my feeling is that the Raiders are going to rally around uh, coach Basaccia and the line right now is the Raiders getting four points. Uh, offensive coordinator Greg Olson is taking over the play calling from John Gruden, but Derek Carr is no stranger to Greg Olson. In fact, he was the play caller in his helmet uh, his his rookie year, so he's all too familiar with Greg Olson calling the plays. So I don't I don't see that as being a, a big uh, downside in this game. The problem with the Raiders is their run game is terrible. They rank 31st in the league, averaging only. yards per carry. But that being said, uh, Josh Jacobs has had, has rushed well against the Broncos. He's got 286 total rushing yards and in three games, plus three touchdowns against the Broncos since he came into the league. Um, They moved some linemen around last week. Didn't really help in their rushing game, but given Josh Jacobs past history against the Broncos, I'm anticipating him having a pretty decent game. Uh, the thing about the one thing about the Broncos is, and this is a startling stat that I found, they have not scored an opening drive touchdown in 21 games under their new offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, who used to be the Giants head coach. And in fact, that's that uh, stretch stretches 24 straight games, which is the longest current streak in the NFL of not scoring on your opening drive uh, of, of games, 24 straight games. Raiders defense has been, been better now under Gus Bradley, but they have a problem creating turnovers. They only have three, which is third fewest in the NFL. Broncos defense is solid, but let's look at, at the teams that both of these, uh, both the Raiders and Broncos have played. The Broncos beat the likes of the Jets, the Giants, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have a combined win record of two. Two wins all season. Jets, Giants, and Jaguars. They lost to the Ravens, and they lost to the Steelers. The Raiders, on the other hand, they beat, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Steelers, and they beat the Dolphins. They lost to the Chargers, who are a top team in uh, um in the NFL and they lost last week to the bears, but you know what? I throw that bears game out because there was so much turmoil surrounding John Gruden because these emails came out before last Sunday's game and it had to have affected the locker room and and the team itself. And and they probably had lost confidence in him and they probably knew that he was going to be out as their head coach. So I watched that game and they just did not look like they wanted to play. And they, and they lost to the Chicago bears who are, not a really great team. So where am I going with this game? I think the Raiders are going to rally around their new coach and I'm going to take the Raiders and I'm going to uh, take the four points away at Denver. So Raiders getting four points is my play. The over under is 43 and a half. I'm going to stay away from that. A couple of props in this game. I like the first one is, Kind of like that receiver that flies under the radar, but seems to always have a pretty decent game for the the Raiders. I was going to go with Darren Waller, but he hasn't really showed up 
as well as I thought he was going to over the last few games, but I'm going to go with Hunter Renfro over 52 and a half yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. He seems to be a favorite target of Derek Carr. So I'm going to take uh, Hunter Renfro over 52 and a half receiving yards. And then my two kicker props, of course, because I think this is going to be a tight game. I really do. I don't think there's going to be a significant number of touchdowns scored. So I'm going Carlson for the Raiders over one and a half field goals and McManus for the Broncos over one and a half field goals. And those are my props in this game. John, any thoughts on uh, Raiders Broncos? I know it's going to be an interesting game given the, uh, the whole controversy swirling around the John Gruden resignation. Yeah. It's just the Raiders, oddly enough, who I thought had shown some moxie last year. I thought Derek Carr had played a lot better last year and was still playing well earlier this year. I don't know. I sort of get the feeling that this kind of thing, this crumbling from the top could, you know, potentially start the the season into a, 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 just a complete tailspin here. I actually, I see the Raiders losing this game. I think, you know, that, that Denver crowd, uh, Bridge, Bridgewater's back in action, you know, the, the two running backs go the other way a little bit on this and I would go Broncos. All right. Fair enough. Um, I mean, like I said, at the beginning of, of my analysis, I think this game, this team could go either way. Are they going to go, you know, into a tailspin as a result of John Gruden resigning and this whole controversy swirling around this team. But, you know, the controversy is really swirling only around one man, and that's John Gruden, not the team itself. So if they rally around their coach, hey, I mean, they're, they're a talented team, and, and they, could, they could rebound from this. And that's where I'm feeling on this game. Uh, so that's why I'm, why I'm going Raiders. But all right, John, who do you got second game? My second game, I've taken the Chiefs at Washington to play the Washington football teams. Uh, the Chiefs giving six and a half on the road to Washington. I just feel like that the, the Chiefs now are, are one of these you know weeks are really going to break out of this funk. You know, they've lost, what, three out of four games with only a win over Philadelphia sprinkled in there. And as bad as the Chiefs defense has been, their offense is still immensely talented. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. I think this is another example of the perfect get right game for the Chiefs here. Because, you know, the Washington football team fighting valiantly, uh, head coach Ron Rivera is a steadying force. But, you know, their starting quarterback coming into the year, Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is now out with the hip injury for, you know, at least another few weeks. I'm thinking that he might be gone for the year. Taylor Heineke is not a legit NFL starter. You know, he's played with some moxie, you know, so far this year. But, you know, beyond that, maybe the bigger problem here is what I thought was going to be one of the best young defenses in the league really has not been great at all. That Washington defense to me, this is the story here, has given up 31 points a game. That's the second worst in the league. And additionally, they allow opponents, Washington does, to convert on third downs 56% of the time, while league average is more like 40%. That's from the Washington Post. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, still loaded as ever, still the same team that played in the Super Bowl the last two years, are 4-0 against the spread in their last four road games against the team with a winning record. They're 5-0 against the spread in their last five against Washington. Uh, I just I see a Chiefs blowout here. When I saw the spread was under a touchdown, I jumped all over it. That's clearly a 50-burger to me. I love the Chiefs to win by double digits in this game um, and, and get themselves back on track. Meanwhile, props, I got one big one here for you. That is 
Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. Uh, I hit this last week. It's only 17 and a half uh, yards right now on DraftKings at minus 115. Like I said before, the Washington defense has not been that great this year. Certainly not as good as I thought they were going to be. And I took a look at Washington's performance this year against quarterbacks, and they're giving up rushing yards all over the place. Washington gave up 95 yards rushing to Daniel Jones, 17 yards rushing to Matt Ryan. Uh, by the way, Matt Ryan averages a total of five yards a game rushing, including that 17-yard performance. And they gave up 26 yards to Jameis Winston. Uh, which was almost 10 yards above his season average, which includes that, that rushing game. But oddly enough, the one game that Washington held a, an opposing quarterback in check was when they played, you know, Josh Allen. So that's what I got. I think the Chiefs are going to house Washington in Washington, lay the points, no problem there, throw a 50-burger on it, and give me Patrick Mahomes over on rushing 17 and a half. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big bounce back game for the Chiefs. And the line right now is six and a half on DraftKings, I, I believe. I think that's what you had, had said. Look, if it's under seven, I, th- I think it's a, that's a no-brainer. Take the Chiefs. I know they're on the road, but the Washington defense has just been playing just putrid football this season. The one thing that you, the one uh, stat that you gave, which I thought was really, really important, is on third down. And who is the best on third down for the Chiefs? Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. Right now. On DraftKings, six and a half over six and a half receptions, not the greatest juice. Minus one forty-five. I'm going to kind of wait because I think he's probably going to have eight or nine receptions. If that goes up to seven and a half, that juice will come down to to one hundred five, one ten, or one fifteen. And uh, but yards, eighty-four and a half, minus one fifteen on DraftKings. I'm taking that. I love the Mahomes rushing at seventeen and a half. Um, but the other one, the one, other one I like is Daryl Williams rushing for the Chiefs. No Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's out. So Daryl Williams steps into the number one running back position. 47 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm taking that uh, on this Chiefs game. I, just, I think this, is, this has got a blowout written all over it, too. This Washington defense is not, not even close to the defense they were last year. And as each and every week goes by, they're not getting any better. And they're running into the Kansas city team, which yet they're definitely not the same team. They were uh, last year that went to the super bowl, but um, they're still a pretty darn good team. So yeah, I'm going to take the chiefs lay the six and a half and uh, Daryl Williams, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going chiefs props all day long on this game. Any last words, John, on Chiefs, Washington football team? Thought about Travis Kelsey, but I mean, despite the fact that he's been down as far as his numbers go the last couple of weeks, his props really aren't down that much. So I'm staying away from Kelsey uh, until I see it one more time, which I expect to, but uh, I'm good with the Mahomes rushing, I think, this week. And And I think, which is one more last note on this, is jump on the line right now. If it's at six and a half, jump on it now. Don't let it go up because I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the, the tickets and money are going to go on the Chiefs and that line's going to jump to seven and maybe even seven and a half, depending on how much money gets, gets bet on this game. So I would jump on it right now. I don't anticipate it going down to six or anything lower than that. So take that six and a half now, put your money on it right now. Um, okay. Before we move into the last and our fan favorite 
portion of the podcast, our track of the week, I have a few college football nuggets for you. And I'm going straight favorites this week. Straight favorites. All right. So who do I like this week? I like Oregon at home against Cal. Laying 13 and a half points. Lock it up. Texas A&M. They just, they're coming off a win over Alabama. I don't think this is going to be a letdown game. I heard an interview with Jimbo Fisher about how he's not going to let his team, you know, get too high off that win against Alabama. They're laying 11 and a half points. They're at Missouri, but I think Texas A&M has really turned the corner. They burned me a couple of weeks ago, but lay the 11 and a half and take Texas A&M. Iowa, they are for real, a for real big 10 team. Ranked in the top four right now. Um, I believe they're ranked two, actually. If I'm not mistaken, it's either two or three. Laying 11 and a half points at home against Purdue. Take the Hawkeyes in this game. Two more. Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin heading into Tennessee. I never trust Tennessee. And I'll lay that two and a half points. Ole Miss on the road against Tennessee. Two and a half. Lay those points. And lastly, double, 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 Wisconsin's double, home against Army. You know, Army is our nation's protectors, right? Should I bet against Army? Well, in this case, I'm going to. Wisconsin's home. They're not the same Wisconsin team that they have been in years past, but the line's 14. Lay the 14 points and take the Badgers in this game against Army. All right. It's now time for track of the week. John, who do you got? Well, I'm going sort of a retro present style this week. And what that means is I'm picking a, a song that originally, the original version of the song actually came out in 2004. It was a, it was a huge, huge track that summer, especially down the Jersey Shore. But there was a remix of that track that just came out this year. The name of the track is Stupid Disco by Junior Jack. But the remix uh, this year by David Penn, the extended mix, just killed it for me. I, I've been listening to it, you know, for a couple of months now. It's a groovy 70s filtered style of track. It's a cool update to that track. And, you know, I've just been listening to it a lot lately. And, um, yeah, that's my track of the week. Junior Jack's Stupid Disco, the David Penn 2021 extended mix. something that we uh, we all enjoyed down the shore, Stupid Disco. So listen, um, I was going to go with sort of a theme track, but I think it's a little too mainstream because after last week's debacle with the Jets and with the Patriots and, you know, how none of those hit, I thought to myself, you know what, let's get down to business. And I was going to go with business by Tiesto, but you know what, forget that. That's a little too cliche. I started re-listening to a track that I was listening to a few years ago by A-Track called We All Fall Down. And 
That is my track of the week this week. We all fall down by a track. Uh, it's just a really uh, uplifting track. Uh, and so that's my track of the week this week. All right, guys, this brings us to the end of week six in the NFL and our uh, podcast for this week. I just want to leave you with two things. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. Good luck, everyone, with all of the action that you placed this week. And we will see you next week for week seven. We are out. Later. Bye. Bye-bye.